Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Well, hello. Hello. Um, I heard, well, I heard when we just recorded the podcast that you started a new morning routine. I, well, yes. Um, yes, I did. I reinforced a morning routine that had kind of slipped away. So yeah, getting up at five and reading and yeah, just having a little bit of time for myself. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's, it's very similar to my morning routine. Although I like to give myself an out because I get up at five and I like to get a lot of work done before the team is moving. So mm-hmm. I like do a bunch of work and then I go to the gym, but also if I have a really terrible night's sleep, then I'm like, I'll sleep to seven. It doesn't matter either. We, I'm trying to not, as I'm, as I'm establishing, establishing this routine, I'm not allowing that except on the weekends. So, nice. cause it, it throws me off pretty quickly as, you know, just going through this. And plus I think kind of bouncing back between Emporia and Kansas city. Um, it's just pretty important that I have some structure to everything to keep me on, on track. And it makes, it just makes everything so much better. It makes my day. It's just the way my brain works. Yeah. If it can know what's coming next. And, um, I just kind of relax a little bit more and I sleep better and I, you know, it just feels good. So. Yeah. I think because like last year I, you know, I had frozen shoulder. <laughs> you, you heard me complain about my yeah. shoulder. And I slept so badly for so so much of the year um, that in my mind, it's just like this, probably like if I looked at, you know, 30 days in a month, 27 days, I get up, I have that same routine, but then it's like this really, I don't get stressed. If I wake up in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't feel stressed because I need to get back to sleep because it's like three 30 and I'm getting up at five. So yeah. Well, yeah, that would be, you know, nope. <laughs> like so, and I'm on my second book of the year already, which is also really nice. So, are yeah. you reading anything good? Mm, I'm reading. Um, I hate that about my brain right now. It's a <laughs> Barbara King solver book and um, animal lovers, maybe. Okay. That's the title of it. Yeah. Um, a, yeah. I haven't read her books since I was like in my early mid twenties and forgotten how much I really enjoy her as an author. So 
it's been fun getting back to reading her book of that. And I just finished, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher this one too. Eleanor Oliphant is fine or everything. Yeah. It, which was, which was good. It was funny. And I cried and all of those things. So, yeah, but, you know, I, I just like got a notification. Um, I had some audible cr- credits and I canceled audible. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, I got to download them. So two of the books came in, which one is Prince Harry's book. <laughs> <laughs> The other one, not judging, not judging. It's my guilty pleasure. And then the other one um, that I'm actually really excited about is Lauren Fleshman's book. Um, do you know who that is? I think I do. She I was like, um, what's the name of this book? She was one of the best American runners that never made it to the Olympics. Uh, um, and she and her husband started a company called Picky Bars. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know. Yep, that's that, um, there you go. Anyway, she's kind of shown as like a very feminist voice in the space, but talks a lot about the way that sports traditionally kind of spit girls up and chew them out as our, their bodies change going through puberty and then the expectations, especially in running. And I would imagine this is true in cycling too, right? If right. girls Girl, yeah. are cycling and then they kind of hit that, they're racing in that U23 and then a girl's body just naturally starts to change. Like you put on a little more fats, like it's just that evolution. And so she talks about, talks about how, how the culture just kind of ruins it for women and how so many girls drop out of sport and that transition or get very injured. Well, maybe we should have a Girls Gone Gravel book club and that can be our first book. I know. Anyway, it's called Good for a Girl. It just showed up in my Audible. So I can't decide which I'm going to cool. do first, the spare or Good for a Girl. <laughs> <laughs> first of the year, I think you need to do Harry first. There's all the other stuff going on at the first of the year. So do Harry first. I know. I might need something stupid because I've got like so much pleasure. Exactly. That's what I mean. You've got so much going on right now. So do that first. (laughs) Well, it is, uh, it is 62 degrees here. So I really want to go outside to go for my walk because it's beautiful out. Um, But we've got, uh, I'm totally cutting you off. (laughs) We've got an exciting host or guest. (laughs) She is going to be a host. She is. That's why I was confused. Which one is she? A host or a guest? Well, she's not a host of our podcast, she's but she's going to host right, her own podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so we have Marley Blonsky back. This is kind of, you know, usually we like talk about somebody's story. And we, we're just, we just start chatting. So it's just like a nice catch up. So um, anyway, I think y'all will really enjoy this episode with Marley Blonsky. And we're going to talk about all about her new podcast that's coming out under the Feisty Network um, called All Bodies Yay! on Bikes. So I'll let Christy get to her walk and I'm going to go to my next Zoom meeting that's in six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You're like laughing sucker. (laughs) To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? 
which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit InsideTracker.com slash feisty. That's InsideTracker.com slash feisty. Every week, I can't find the dang record button. I can never figure out how to stop recording. <laughs> yeah, that's awkward too when you're like, the guest is wrapping up and you're like, stop recording. <laughs> Christy's here too today. I'm here. Hello. I know you usually jump right in, but Gra- Marla is like on on Zoom. It. <laughs> She's got the skills. I know. Well, uh, we'll get into this, but Marley is going to be one of the newest podcast hosts under a uh, feisty partnered podcast. So uh, anyway, we have Marley Blonsky on with us today. We want to catch up, talk about all the things you're going on with Marley. Hello. It's been a long time. It has. It was like not long before uh, we went to, I went to Unbound for the first time when we came back um, that we talked to you the first. So that was like almost two years ago. It was before before my first Unbound too in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, yeah. uh, you know, I've ridden 100 miles unbound. We're officially almost a nonprofit. Like, I don't know. And you live in Arkansas now. I do. There's been so <laughs> many changes to my life since the last time we talked. This is actually kind of funny because I moved from the South to the Seattle area and you moved from the Seattle area to the <laughs> South. We switched. Yeah. But I'm not mad. Today, it's going to be 68 degrees. I already got out for a ride today. Um I really don't miss the rainy Pacific Northwest at all. Um, well, it is beautiful and sunny right now. If you can, you can see the sun coming through. I can. That's well, rare though. That's just temporary. <laughs> <laughs> and before my friends get mad at me, I miss my friends, but I don't miss really anything else. <laughs> right. So with the move, what, what things have stayed consistent from Arlie Blonsky? Uh, my dogs. Uh, there Daisy we go. May, Daisy May and Lacey are still <laughs> going strong amazingly, even though I'm pretty sure. Well, I shouldn't say this out loud. They're on their last legs, but we're still going strong. Um, still, <laughs> still working to make the bike industry more inclusive to people of all sizes and shapes with all bodies on bikes. And that has only grown and formalized. Um, I still love bikes. Uh, <laughs> I'm still single. Uh, <laughs> well, you, left your, you actually left your job when you did right so you went full-time yeah a lot's happened I mean I think you've been like on little segments that we've done here and there but a lot's happened in two years yeah it's Um, wild to think about I left my job about a year and a half ago so I was working corporate America um and when we went remote for COVID it really showed me that hey there's a I've got a whole other skill set and we can really grow this inclusive cycling community thing. So, um, I spend most of my time doing all bodies on bikes and I guess being an influencer, that's where most of my money comes from these days is being an influencer, which is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever imagine like when we talked to you a couple of years ago, were you like, this is the path, like I'll get a move to Arkansas and be a cycling influencer. (laughs) No, Arkansas was never even on my radar. Um, and then Molly Cameron of all people was talking about how awesome Arkansas is, um, which is a little bit ironic because a big anti-trans bill was just introduced in our legislature today. 
Um, but you know, she's one of my good friends and somebody I really look up to. And so she was talking about Arkansas. So I started looking into it and then I got a $10,000 grant to move here and the dominoes have just been falling into place. I really love it here. I found a good community and the riding is out of this world. I've become a mountain biker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So on my ride today, I was like, I've got an hour. I'm just going to go play on the pump track and on some of the trails. So I took out my mountain bike and did that. A year ago, if you would have said Marley's going to go play on the pump track for an hour, I'd be like, "Mm, probably not. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Arkansas does funny things to you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually gotten into mountain biking more since I moved out here because it's fun. Like there's access to trail, like these trails closer to me here. Yeah. Everybody seems to mountain bike out here. Same in Bentonville. Everybody probably seems. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I, I didn't have a mountain bike until like two months ago. I'm with Cannondale and they were able to send me one, but I realized that I guess I have been mountain biking just on my gravel bike for years, you know, riding single track and kind of getting out there, but I didn't know that was mountain biking. I thought that was just like, I don't know, under biking on my gravel bike. (laughs) (laughs) Under biking. I love it. Yes. Have you guys... (laughs) Have you guys ever gone under biking? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes the under biking part isn't related to the bike. It's related to the skill set. Oh, 100%. The person <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, like, yes. you can always get off and walk though. Yes. It's, there's no shame. No, no shame at all. Or I think there is, there shouldn't be. Let's put it that way. That's the thing with Arkansas. Like it's a, pr- there's challenging cycling out there. Like it's pretty roll. But he, now that I moved to the Pacific Northwest, I'm like, holy crap, there's another level of fitness that I need. Yeah. It's just it's di- because it's so much stinging steep climbing when you go gravel yeah. biking here. That's the thing. The big difference I've noticed is, um, you know, I'll go on a 30 mile gravel ride down here and there'll be 3000 feet of elevation, which is a lot, but it doesn't feel the it's same rolling. as a 3000 foot gravel ride <laughs> exactly in the Pacific Northwest where you might have a 10 mile climb. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that around here. So we'll see how that translates to my fitness for longer rides. You know, I'm signed up for Unbound 100 again. Well, I'm in the lottery for Unbound 100 and got some other exciting rides on the calendar. So we'll see. Yeah. I think like Arkansas will translate well to Unbound. Yeah. No, if, if nothing else, just the style of gravel riding. Um, I'm my first Unbound. I was really shocked by how challenging the gravel was in Kansas. And then I came back last year and maybe it's because you know, the first year we went north, last year we went south. I have no idea. Christy, you could tell me if that makes a difference. But last year I felt really well prepared for the type of gravel in the terrain. There is a little bit more technical to the north, but I mean, not significantly so, but I think the biggest difference that you felt was your fitness and your skill level had improved. Yeah. And um. <laughs> I look back at my nutrition plan when I did the 50, I just took peanut butter and jelly and an iced coffee, like a canned iced coffee and an apple. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and it was, it worked well. Um, but you know, getting into the longer distances and just having more experience under my belt, I knew, mm-hmm. you know, I need to take electrolytes. I need to take things that I can eat easier than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, especially cause with the hundred, I was up against the time clock, which in the yeah. 50, you're really not. Yeah. Um, have I told you guys the story of when I made it to the checkpoint in Madison? No. 
So last year during the hundred, um, I had been fighting with my pedals and my cleats all day long um, because I hadn't installed my cleat right, apparently, and it came loose. So for the first 60 miles, I was riding with one foot just on top of my pedal. I couldn't clip in. Um, and I was tracking my time and my you know miles per hour. And I was like, I'm not going to make this time cut off. And I'm going to be so angry. And when I roll, I like sprinted into Madison. I knew I had like a minute or two before the time cut off. And so I was sprinting in and I yelled at the guy, the timekeeper. Um, I don't know if it was timekeeper or what, but the the guy that was sitting there said, did I make it? He was like, yeah. And from then on, I just had like the best day ever because I knew that I just had to finish the ride. I had 40 miles left and I could take as much time as I needed. Um but I found out later I made the time cut off by like 10 seconds or something crazy like that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so And those are the worst ones to pull. Oh, I would have been devastated. Yeah. Because um, my body was feeling good. I was, I was just ha- having some mechanical issues. And, you know, it's funny because I think what you have to measure, measure, man, ugh. <laughs> average that's the word average like 10 miles an hour I think or 10.5 mm-hmm. miles an hour which shouldn't be hard like that's what I do on my regular rides but I was just having difficulties and then that storm came and I did not think I was going to make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's there's kind of I don't know I think there's a fun challenge in having time cut off sometimes too though because you're like there's that adrenaline that's like am I going to make it which it would yeah. yes it would have sucked if you didn't if you would have been like 10 seconds over it. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think um, also for me, it just keeps me focused. I am incredibly yeah. good at um, messing around and just wasting time and taking photos and being silly. So having that kind of time cut off, I guess, makes it so that I stay on my bike and I keep riding and don't turn it into an all day affair more so than it already is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I know some people are very against time cutoffs, but as I mean, it's hard. If you're a race organizer, you have to put something. No, I will. Oh, yeah. I would never, ever, ever get rid of our time cut offs. Well, what are you going to do? Like somebody could be there. Yeah. Well, like Marley said, you can, you can do one of the events that doesn't have the time cut offs. Yeah. So, and there's, there's I a mean, ton of those. Yeah. Yeah. And this, even in, even the distances we have, we don't have time cut offs on the 50 and the 25. So. Right. If you're not ready to do 10 miles an hour for the hundred, don't do the hundred. Exactly. Kind of that. It's kind of that easy. Yeah. And it's not rocket science. 10 miles an hour is not fast. Um, I realize I'm incredibly slow, especially when it comes to climbing hills. Like I'm slow and steady, but it thankfully averages out because there's some fun downhills too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's all about just being out there and having a good time. Unless you're trying to sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I don't know what that mindset is like of trying to win. Um, I will say last week I entered a cyclocross race, um, which I do regularly, but there were three women in my category. So it was like, okay, as long as I finish, I'm getting on the podium. But then like this competitive spirit came that I've never felt before. And I was (laughs) like, after the first lap, I was in second place. And I was like, I want to keep this. Like, I'm going to fight to keep this second place position. And I did. So I don't know if like a little demon's been awakened and I'm going to start being competitive, but uh, <laughs> like, it was different. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Marlene Lonsky becomes known for throwing elbows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'd be good at like crit racing. That's where you can throw elbows, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
I don't know though. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like the training and what you'd have to go into to, to compete at like a, a high level. I did that for a while in triathlon where I was definitely chasing some podiums, but I do really like having a competitive quote unquote for me goal. So mm-hmm. even like when I go to my, my CrossFit gym, I like having other people working out around me and we're not all like, it's not apples to apples, right? Like somebody might be doing heavier weights than me, or somebody might be like 20 years younger than me, but I like having that person around me that I'm like, Ooh, I don't want them to get in front of me or like, I want to yeah. like stay within 10 seconds of them because it, it just brings out another level of me that I really enjoy. And I'm like, Oh, I don't naturally push myself. Well, yeah. I was going to say, that's what it is, is it, it helps me not be lazy. Same. Cause you can get super, I can get super complacent in that space. Like, eh, I know what I'm doing and not, you know, not making the workout necessarily count or something, but if you have a little bit of competition there, you're holding yourself to a different standard. And that yeah. Helps. Or even goals, um, you know, that aren't competition related. You know, I think back on my yeah. first unbound, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I was sitting on the side of the road, eating a PB and J, you know, like not hustling. And now I've tried like on subsequent races and events, I try and set a goal of, you know, I'm going to try not to walk any Hills or actually last year I didn't at all because my knee was messed up and I, Oh, that's another thing. I had knee surgery in the last six yeah. months. Um, but I think staying focused on, you know, whether it's in cyclocross, working on my mounts and my dismounts, or I don't know, uh, working on single track, thinking about like rooted Vermont, I'm going to ride these sections that are challenging because I know I have the bike handling skills. It does keep me from getting complacent and eating a PB and J on the side of the road, <laughs> <laughs> which is sometimes that's okay necessary to too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's all about time and place. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it sounds like in addition, you, you mentioned before we went live that you have some uh, new sponsors. I'm, I'm thinking you need a PB and J sponsor. <laughs> that would be epic. <laughs> you could have those Uncrustables. Oh my, yes, that would be, I, I don't love the plastic waste that comes with them, but yeah. Um, um, yeah. Hostess, if you want to, you know, be my bread sponsor, I'd be into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the peanut butter, the expensive part of that equation. You need a peanut butter 100%. sponsor. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I have two sponsors that have actually kind of come from just my love of product. Um, one of those is Bob's Pickle Pops. Um, I don't get paid anything <laughs> by them, but they're pickle juice popsicles. Um, so I don't get paid by them, but I get sent product all of the time and I absolutely love it. Um, I really pops. love pickle juice. Yeah. Um, and so you can freeze it or you can put it in your pocket for like a mid-ride you know, boost of salt. Yeah. It's I know some people love that, but Ooh, I just can't <laughs> even think like um, other ways that. Yeah. And then the <laughs> other one is gooder sunglasses. Um, I, we are just about to announce it on Friday, but I'm now officially an athlete for them, which is super exciting because I've been a huge fan of their glasses for like two years now. So I don't know, maybe if we manifest a peanut butter and jelly sponsor, it'll come. <laughs> I come think, I think so. It's perfect in the bike space. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, last year at Unbound, I made um, peanut butter and jelly rice cakes from that scratch mm. cookbook. Have you guys ever mm-hmm. tried those? Mm-hmm. Oh, They're so good. It was so good. And like, honestly, such a good on the bike food to eat. 
Um, cause you, you know, you get the carbs, you get the, the fast sugars, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Catherine, you look confused. Like <laughs> I just haven't mm. had those. Everybody talks about them. I'm, I was thinking because, you know, I did triathlon for so long and it was like all gels and blocks and stuff. So it's like, what is my favorite thing to eat on the bike? Yeah. Uh, Do you have a favorite thing? Gummy bears. Mm. <laughs> I, Except for, <laughs> I did learn a lesson <laughs> when you're breathing hard. Don't try to eat gummy bears because you might almost kill yourself. I learned that with popcorn. Popcorn is not a good on the bike snack. Oh God. No. Yeah. That would be no. And I love popcorn, but I'm like, yeah, I would not try to eat popcorn on the bike. Yeah. Well, I learned last year unbound. Like I just kind of made this like magic trail mix that had, you know, trail mix and it had gummy bears and it had some peanut butter M&Ms and just like all my favorite things so I could continually snack. And so I was like, oh, I'll try that again at Steamboat Gravel. But I put popcorn in the mix. That was a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And the reason that we had a medical emergency. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. A gummy bear or a piece of popcorn. (laughs) That would be awful. I'm, I'm I'm like the salty chick. I want like beef jerky or bacon or... That doesn't have any car like sugar. The thing, the reason I think I, I like sugar stuff. is I get myself in like trouble. So mm. I don't, I need fast fuel because I'm like, yeah. even if I know better, I forget to eat. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm yeah. just feeling a little shaky. And then like, you get that fast rush. That's why people drink like Coca-Cola at aid stations. Right. Because yeah. it immediately metabolizes into sugar yeah. into your bloodstream. You guys- so it'll give you like a, a put a fast push. Have you guys played around with those live glucose monitoring tools at all with like super sapiens mm-hmm. or anything? Um, so I, I got the, the chance to test it out at Steamboat. Um, and it's a it's a little thing that goes on your arm and it's live glucose monitoring. It was so fascinating to see and because it uh, connects into your devices. You can track it all day. And so you know when a bonk is coming before it gets there. You can like watch oh, your blood sugar going down. Um, and then, you know, you take a bite of something, you can watch in the data, your blood sugar <laughs> return yeah. to normal. It's really, really fascinating. Um, especially just like as an endurance athlete, but I had that thought the other day of, you know, if I'm going out and riding a hundred miles, like I would probably need to eat lunch in, during that time if it was a normal day. And so it makes sense that like, we're continually eating for the entire day. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm missing like breakfast and lunch and maybe dinner while I'm out on that ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you can't replace the number of calories that you're going to burn, but your no. gut can't take it. So that's why even the, the best athletes know 20 minutes into a race, you should start taking nutrition in because if you, if you wait a couple of hours, that's when you get in trouble. That's when your blood sugar is dropped below that yep. level. And so people are like, well, I want to feel hungry. And so that's why it's like, just have a little bite. Yeah. The other thing I started doing last year is um, little reminders on my Wahoo. So at first I was doing it by time every 20 minutes, you know, it would say eat something and then 20 minutes later, drink something. And I switched it. So it's like every hundred calories, whatever. I have no idea how accurate that is, but it's like hooked into my heart rate monitor. So every hundred calories, it says eat. Um, and I'm always surprised by how fast it's reminding me to eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's That's super uh, helpful. Used to say in triathlon that it was the fourth discipline was nutrition, mm. like getting your nutrition right. But it's, it's true. in um, gravel cycling too. Like if you want to go out and do those longer distances, hundred percent, you know, and, and there's such a culture uh, we have big broom, 
Broomfield on the podcast. And she was talking about when she first started riding and she was like, I would go on a 50 mile ride without any food because like, then I was like, look at all the weight that I'm going to lose. Like that's that diet culture. That's like you exercise yeah. to lose weight. Right. Which I know that you fight up, you fight against a lot. Yeah. So we're taught not to fuel ourselves properly because you want to burn the calories. Quote unquote. Exactly. Yeah. You go for a ride. So now you've earned that meal. Like, no, you are a human you need food you deserve <laughs> you to eat food. at any time. Like food should not be earned. It is not a value judgment. You don't get it for exercising. It's not an allowance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm hungry. I have my stomach. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. What should we have for snacks? I've, I've set this new routine of uh, getting up at 5 a.m. Why? I actually, I, I love it. I love, I love getting up at that, 5 a.m. That's what time I, I really get up do. to. So I, I just, I just have a better day and I get my reading in. I don't follow Like I like to read, but I always fall asleep when I read if I do it later. Mm. Anyway, long story short, by the time, you know, I have breakfast around six or so. And then I'm like at 10 or 1030, I'm like ready for lunch. Yeah. I'm so starving. I'm like, well, it's because I've been up since 5am. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I've- I've been trying to get better about waking up early. Um, I think as the sun comes up earlier and earlier, it gets easier it for me. Um, that is the hard yeah. part of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah. In the winter and the summer, you're like, sun's up 430. <laughs> yeah. I do find, I don't know if you guys find this, but like different times of year, I need less sleep. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. So in the winter, That's, I kind yeah. of hibernate and sleep a lot. And in the I, summer, I'm like, yeah. There are things with the cycle of the sun, but I, I do, I'm the same with Christy. Like I've done this for a long time. So I get up at usually, usually around five and same thing, read a little journal and then I work for a few hours and then I go to the gym, um, kind of mid morning, mm-hmm. take a little break and come home and I'm starving usually. So you can see I'm in my workout clothes. I just walked in. So I've got my recovery smoothie because I lifted some heavy shit. Today. Nice. Good job. Thanks. Okay. I'm curious, Martha, we just like, I've been rambling. Um, no, we've been sorry. all over the map. <laughs> sorry, folks. but it's, it's fun. We, uh, so if people haven't heard Marley's story, you can go back to like our episode. We'll, I'll find it and link it in the show notes. Um, so we won't get into your story or you can go watch the all bodies on bikes video, which talks about a lot of your story, but you've been doing this work for a while and you've been, you know, like saying, Hey, the cycling industry needs to be more size inclusive. Like, so I'm curious as to what things you've seen change in the last two years and where we need to still be working on things. Oh, I love this question. Um, yeah, we've been, you know, saying this message that, you know, 50% of the population lives in a larger body. You're missing the boat. You're not meeting the need. And I think when I first started this work, I was really optimistic. A lot of brands were really good at li- giving lip service of, oh yeah, we're going to make these things. and we're going to do these things. But I think now that the COVID bike boom has kind of waned and the economic realities are setting in, I'm not seeing as much progress as I want. Um, Mm -hmm. Where I am seeing a lot of progress is at events and in communities. There are a ton of smaller inclusive communities popping up that aren't necessarily like all bodies on bikes specific, but like there's the gravel collective that has, I don't even know how many locations now, and they really subscribe to the, the ethos that we do that you know, all bodies, regardless of size or shape, deserve to be on bodies or excuse me, deserve to be on bikes. 
Um, a lot of events are bringing in no drop shakeout rides, um, expanding the size of merch that's available. And that is making a big difference. You know, I think the folks are that are going to these events are feeling welcome. They're feeling like part of the community. So that progress has been awesome. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk badly about any of my sponsors. Um, Pearl Azumi is my clothing sponsor and they just went through a big shakeup with their ownership. So I'm hopeful that we'll continue to make progress on getting bigger sizes. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, but I do have something really exciting to announce kind of on that vein, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Christy keeps disappearing from the screen. So I don't know where she went. She's just playing, (laughs) she's playing hide and seek with us. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. So I am entering an entrepreneurship incubator to make a plus size specific cycling line. Um, Yeah. And so I'm doing this with the blessing of Pearl Azumi because we won't be competing. Um, And, you know, maybe one day we'll be able to work with them and use their designers and their production factories. Um, But for right now, really in the beginning phases of customer discovery, figuring out, you know, what do larger bodied cyclists want to wear? Um, I don't like to wear jerseys personally, um, but I don't know if that's the case for all of us. So trying to figure out, is it a technical tee? Is it a flannel with pockets and some mesh compartments? Is it, um, I don't know, a dress, like just really trying to figure out what do plus size cyclists want and need, um, and then hopefully getting some funding and making it happen. I love that. It's exciting. It's really scary because I've always resisted. I've everybody said, just make your own clothes. I don't want to, I don't want to be a clothing designer. I don't want to run an apparel brand, but I, that's where we're at with the need. And, um, I think that's how we're actually going to make progress in this is just by doing it ourselves. And I think, you know, I was initially a little naive, um, about the progress that we would make. Um, but you got to take the wins where you get them and then just keep working for those wins that are coming a little bit later. Yeah. Well, shifting a culture is not going to happen overnight. No, um, not at all. it's not even going to happen over a lifetime, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Although I will say, but, you know, um, I was listening to NPR last night and one of my heroes, Aubrey Gordon, uh, was on there talking about her new book um, about being a fat person. So on like one of the most widely listened to radio programs, she was talking about, you know, the um, conflation of weight and health and, oh, you just need to eat less to lose weight. Um, so this conversation is going mainstream Mm -hmm. and I think a lot more folks are engaging in it. You know, we've been on CNN, we've been on good morning America. I think people are really recognizing that like, yes, people of all sizes are humans and deserve full inclusion in whatever activity it is that they want to do. I agree. Yeah. I was, Celine has a podcast coming out next week and I just read an article that she's releasing with it. She sent it to me today. So I've only read it once. I'll get it completely wrong. Sorry, Celine, if you're listening, but it's <laughs> on like one of the leading experts on obesity in the country and talking about like, it's actually like not about eating less and moving more. Like there's so many things in your gut health, like, um, Genetics. It's like a lot of it is in the brain Mm -hmm. and the way the brain Mm -hmm. pathways work. Genetics. Um, So like it's, we've tried to make such a big issue. So simple and like we've, and and even that weight isn't a measure of health. Yep. Um, Like she's really preaching that, which I know, you know, but like we need to look at other measures of health and then go, okay, well, if there is, 
if you're looking at a measure of health, like for example, my dad was pre-diabetic and he was like quite overweight when the pandemic started. And he was like, well, I'm in the age range for being a danger in COVID. I'm overweight. I'm too sedentary. So he changed his lifestyle. He ended up losing a bunch of weight, but it wasn't because he wanted to lose weight. It was because right. he was like, I don't want to be a diabetic. I saw what happened to a family member when this happened. And so I need mm-hmm. to change my diet, which then resulted, but it was like a different coming from a different goal. It was a different approach. And, and he, it's like, yeah, he's always been like bounced back and forth and weight loss. And he's actually like for three years. Wow. Pretty much the same because I think he approached it from like a health goal instead of a aesthetic goal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. But I also want to be clear, like nobody owes anybody else their health. Like it's right. an individual choice. Um, and with all bodies on bikes, like if you want to ride a bike to get healthy, that's awesome. And we want to empower you to get there. But we also emphasize joyful movement. So mm-hmm. nobody owes me their health or losing weight or yeah. anything. Um, I will also say, and I don't talk about this much. I was pre-diabetic at 26. I was super sedentary. I wasn't moving my body. And then, you know, biking came into my life along with getting divorced and a million other things. And now my numbers are are good. Um, but my body hasn't really changed that much at all, but I move mm-hmm. a lot. So yeah. 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 It's just like so ingrained in our culture that health is thin. Oh yeah. Really like There's a lot of very thin people that are very unhealthy, whether mm-hmm. it's because they're underfueling their bodies or they just got the genetic quote unquote jackpot of like, you can, you know, like you're just going to be thin no matter what you eat, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I don't know. I would push back. Is that a jackpot? Like, why do we conflate being thin with better than being bigger? Yeah. Like, that's true. what if I hit the genetic jackpot? You know, I'm not going to freeze to death. I should knock on wood because you never know what could happen. <laughs> but like, you know, when I fall, I'm less likely to break bones. My bone density mm-hmm. is good. Like there's lots of research showing that different size bodies offer different benefits. Um, so I would just, you know, gently push back a little bit that yeah. did they win the genetic I, yeah. jackpot? You're a hundred percent right. I, within what our culture thinks yes. is genetic yeah. yes. is not within like what actually would be. Yeah. So, within like yeah. the standard norms of like being yeah. smaller is better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just mm. like to push back sometimes. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So what's going no. on with Girls Gone Gravel? <laughs> well, you know, we got a little gravel festival coming up down in Bentonville. I think you're going to be there. I will be there. And actually, there's a bunch of our All Bodies on Bikes team from uh, that are riding in Steamboat that are planning on coming. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Awesome. So that should be really fun. Yeah. So, so we've got that going on and then we are, um, you know, I work full-time for Feisty, so we're getting ready for a little podcast launch. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) lots of folks always said, why don't you guys just do an all bodies on bikes podcast? Uh, you know, I've been on probably a hundred podcasts telling our story, but there's so many more stories to tell. So we are going to be telling those with all bodies on bikes the podcast. Um, So it's going to be launching under the Feisty Network. We're doing a live launch on January 22nd. And then we've got five or six episodes already lined up for you um, talking about community building and events and culture and clothing, um, interviewing some really fun folks. Um, So I'm just really, really excited about it. My co-host Maggie Lowe, uh, she was on our Steamboat Gravel team last year. She's absolutely hilarious and brings just a really fun and funny perspective of things and 
um, I'd like to think we get along well. Yeah. Yeah. You all seem like a really fun crew. And then it's going to live launch on the 22nd. We're going to have a link that people can sign up and be eligible. They'll get, you'll get the reminder to come yes. join us on the live launch where you can even like ask Marley and Maggie questions during the live launch. Did I tell you that when we were talking about this? Um, they can ask so. questions. Right? <laughs> and then, known for this right here. This is, this is a this on the recording. And then oh, by the way. Um, it's be entered to win a ticket to the gravel festival and a bike bag. Yes. On bikes. So it's a good prize. It's like, it's a, de- it's a huge prize. Like, yeah. Is, is the gravel festival sold out right now? It's not sold out yet, but we're getting close to three quarters of the way full. Awesome. So it's very that was one of my go. favorite events last year. Um, oh, you know, yeah. I, I went into it. My moving truck arrived on the Friday night <laughs> of <laughs> literally I just, just moved. Like, yeah. I was in such a place of chaos in my brain, but going out and sharing space and riding gravel roads, um, the group that I was in, I went on the 20 mile ride. So a lot of beginners, um, yes, just like, do you remember oh, seeing so their confidence great. bloom from like the first couple of miles to the yeah. last few miles? Yeah. Like yeah. it was phenomenal to watch. So I'm really excited for that again. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty excited. We're doing a few changes this year. Uh, we've been talking to some different folks and brands of having some, um, different experiences. So maybe we'll have like a picnic ride or photography ride or, and instead of like the big longer rides, we'll have yeah. rides throughout and then some more sessions. So, I love that idea. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, the other thing you all have is, you know, all bodies on bikes chapters. Is that correct? We do. Um, so we, thanks to a big grant from REI, we're able to, um, well, I guess we would have done it without their help, but having money always helps. We've got 10 chapters, um, six of them led rides um, over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And then um, the other four will be kind of getting things going in the new year. I guess we are in the new year. Um, But we, all the locations are listed on our website, um, but places like Denver, uh, Kansas City, Chicago, um, Charlotte, North Carolina, kind of spread all over. And we are looking for more leaders. We will expand as we, you know, get our footing and get this uh, established. But the whole idea is to make sure that everybody who wants to can join an inclusive social no drop ride. Um, You know, lots of bike shops offer these, but I continually hear from people that like, Oh, I went on a no drop ride and got left behind. Or I went to this thing that said they were inclusive and I was the only woman. Um, So really just trying to create the communities that we want to see out in the cycling world. Yeah. I love that. We talked to the gravel collective last week and kind of, you all have a very similar Yes. Missions and they just the same thing of like creating space for people just to come and exactly, (laughs) you know, like you got to start somewhere. You got, if, if you've never ridden before, like a 10 mile ride is a massive ride for you. Yeah. I was just having this conversation this morning with Rebecca's private Idaho, because we'll be going out there and doing some cool things uh, later in the summer. But my first 10 mile ride, I felt like the, like most untouchable person in the world. Cause I had just ridden 10 miles. Like that was huge for me. Um, and I think sometimes we forget to celebrate those successes. Yeah. Um, and I'm guilty of it too. Like talking about doing a hundred miles, like that's wild, but 10 miles, even two miles, heck, anytime you're on a bike should be celebrated and applauded just as much as any other time. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. agree. So we'll um, see you at the gravel festival. We'll see you at Unbound and Rebecca's at Hoe and Steamboat. You're going back and to Steamboat. 
Um, one of the other big things we're trying to focus on this year um, is like if you've come to any of those big events, you've maybe participated in the big shakeout rides. I think at Steamboat, we had 800 people, which is awesome, but I think we lose some of the um, magic of All Bodies on Bikes. And so my goal is to do smaller kind of adjacent rides to the big rides. So inviting folks from the community who are like, I don't want to ride gravel. I just like to enjoy my ride, my bike recreationally. So doing, uh, you know, a five to 10 mile community ride that isn't necessarily like you don't have to be affiliated with any of the big events. Um, so I'm looking for folks all across the country to help me do those. Cause you guys know the routes, they know their local communities better than I do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we got going on. Cool. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, how should they do that? Uh, Instagram is a good place, either at Marley Blonsky or at all bodies on bikes. Um, each of the chapters also has their own Instagram. Um, so just search for all bodies on bikes and then you'll see the different options come up. Um, and one of the cool things, and you know, obviously this is a gravel focused podcast, but one of the things that I'm really excited about with our chapters is we're not dictating what type of rides they should do. So they can do mountain biking, they can do road riding, they could do a fix a flat clinic, um, you know, whatever their community needs and however they want to build up that inclusive community, we're just kind of providing the framework and the training to do. I love that. Um, and then folks will be able to find your podcast. It's going to be called all bodies on bikes. So yes. they can search for it on their favorite podcast player. By the time this comes out, I think we'll have the feed, like the, uh, promo feed out. So people could go ahead and subscribe to that. Hey. And join us on the awesome. For the yes. And then let us know, you know, what you want to hear if there's a guest you want us to bring on, or maybe we'll interview you guys on our podcast. Um, but we're really open to feedback at this point because all bodies on bikes really does mean all bodies We're we're not just talking about bigger bodied folks, um, or able-bodied people. So would love to diversify that a bit yeah. as well. That's like a good conversation with Christy Moan about how do you do the world's premier gravel event and also keep inclusivity for everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause I, I have just put you on Marley's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. I would love to be on. That would be wonderful. <laughs> I would point the air, point the mirror back at Marley. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I love that, but also like you're working with all sorts of other people who are making yeah. changes as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think about, I don't know if the adventure for all folks were at unbound, um, but they're doing awesome things. I ran into them at Gravel Worlds. Um, there is so much goodness happening in the cycling community, you know, supported by groups like Feisty and Unbound and these bigger organizations. Um, but, you know, Ride for Racial Justice and just so much good stuff happening. Yeah. It's a fun time to be in this world. It, it is. is. It's a little scary, um, you know, question of the money and where that's going to come from. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird But at the end of the day, that. we still get to ride bikes. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm we kind of pushed this in last minute. And so I'm really glad that we could make this happen today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me ramble. Of course. It was perfect. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.